welcome to the Chasing Tomorrow podcast, episode 128. Today, Joe and I are going to have really a fun conversation. Um, behind the scenes, Joe and I talk a lot about coffee. Over the last couple of years, we both have gotten uh, pretty big into craft coffee, specialty coffee. And um, today we're going to talk to the man, the guy that provides me all of my coffee that I make every every single morning. Uh, Tyler with Storyline Coffee Roasters. Welcome to the Chasing Tomorrow podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm excited to uh, chat with you guys. It's uh, it's You guys have an awesome show and yeah, I'm honored to be a guest on. Tyler, this is fun, you know, for many, many reasons, but you know, we don't have to go back to your running history per se, but there is this really intriguing part of what I've found like that ultra runners and camping people and people like who go in the middle of nowhere, right? Like they're desperate to bring good coffee with them. Right? It's like, yeah. if they're going to, they'll, they'll leave their toothbrush behind, but I oh, yeah. you don't start the day without your cup of coffee. So there is a really nice synergy with sort of the outdoorsiness of a lot of how, what we've talked to people about and the, the essence of what we think about with coffee and, you know, I don't think there's a race that I've ever run in where we haven't all started with a cup of coffee. So, so it's a nice, good combination. But yeah, why don't you give us a little bit of, you know, your background and how you got into coffee, and then we have lots of good uh, topics to cover. Yeah, absolutely. So how did I get in? So really, um, I got into coffee. I had an Ethiopia from Starbucks from ever ago. And it was on their reserve blends. It was like the first time they started doing that. And I was like, whoa, this is like totally different and like actually really good. Cause I, you know, I'd go to Starbucks and get like a caramel macchiato with a bunch of sugar and it was great. Right. Like because of all the like sweetness and, you know, caramel that they dump in there and it was awesome. But I was like, wow, this is really good. And so a buddy in mine, Zach, we started, uh, we'd always been entrepreneurial and wanted to start a business and things and had always wanted to do coffee. And so we started roasting coffee on a barbecue grill in our backyard <laughs> with a uh, drill attached with like an extender bit and a drum inside of it. And so it was a super wow. kind of ghetto rig, but uh, we got coffee from Sweet Maria's and just started giving it away to people like friends and family. And it was actually like really good coffee. And we're like, whoa, this is actually um, like really solid stuff that we were getting out there. And we then got a connection to a private Christian school where they had like a tabletop Diedrich roaster that they let us use. And so we kind of were able to expand and then kind of took off from there. We started Sip Coffee uh, that was eight years ago now. Um, I was just thinking about that this morning. I was like, whoa, which one makes me feel a little older and two realize how long I've been <laughs> coffee. So, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been an awesome journey. We've come a long way. My wife and I did a coffee trailer full-time in Denver and did events and roasting and all kinds of stuff. And so, uh, we've seen a lot of things that is now Storyline Coffee Roaster. So that's 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 an amazing founder story i think it it obviously ties back to the running world thinking about nike's starting in a in a garage with a waffle maker and um it, it's it's amazing what you can create and and I, like you said it was good coffee that's the the best part and um and now now here you are what is what eight years later you just said um 
so so thinking about coffee, I think I want to I want to just get to the basics. One of the things that that is really important. There's just so much information on coffee right now. There's this thing like third wave, there's wash, there's elevation seems to be the the new big one. There's there's country of origin. We're not all James Hoffman, so can you <laughs> right. give us the 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 quick like what all of these triggers are and how they affect your coffee? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. I think the the best way I love to describe it is with wine because I think people have a pretty good understanding. We've been used to drinking wines and understanding that. And so uh, there's a lot of similarities and crossover in how that happens. And so, you know, if you drink a Merlot from California and a Merlot from Italy or from Spain, they're all going to taste differently. And that's because of the country of origin. So coffee is very similar in the fact that an Ethiopia is going to taste different from a Mexico, which is going to taste different from a Uganda or wherever. So um, I think origin has a large part to play with that. And the reason why origin has such an impact is because of the environment it's grown in. So um, Don, you mentioned elevation. So elevation has a big impact because um, there's a great graph that um, we put out on our Instagram that kind of shows Higher elevation coffees, like the highest elevations, typically have tropical fruit notes. So you're going to experience like papaya, bananas, mango, some of those more tropical notes. As you kind of come down in elevation, you're going to get more like rich berry notes. So like stone fruits, raspberries, strawberries, and then kind of coming down even further in elevation, you're then going to get a little bit more richer chocolatey notes. Um, Then the lowest elevation is obviously going to be more roasty, nutty, and have a really good body to that coffee. So um, there's tons of things that influence the coffee, whether it's, you know, out in the sun all day, like in most of Brazil, there's not a ton of shade that um, the coffee is in. And so it's heated often. And so changes in temperature are going to impact the amount of sugar that's in there. And so there is a ton that goes into it, but I think the best way to describe it is varietals um, in wines, right? You have Merlots, you have Cabernets, you have Savion Blancs, you have all these different kinds of grapes. Same thing is true with coffee. So you've got um, all these different kinds of varietals, whether that be Bourbon or Catoai. And so it's very similar to wine. And so I think if people can understand like, okay, how it's processed is very similar to wines and the origin matters. And so um, I think that's kind of the best crossover that I can give to people without getting too deep into the weeds on everything. Yeah, so much always depends on the topic. Of course, we can always go deep, right? You know, I think that the the trivia question you could ask your friends, which is, you know, what's the number one consumed coffee globally? And my understanding is Nescafe Instant. And, you know, the reason being... There's a lot of places in the world where there's no infrastructure to actually brew coffee and you just need hot water and a teaspoon and you can still have your coffee. So, uh, so yeah, it, it ranges, right? You know, so the early days of coffee, um, isn't the story that coffee took the UK out of its sort of, you know, difficulties because everyone was sort of drunk and out of control and coffee made people productive hundreds yeah. and hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Uh, so it is, it's become a, a good part of, you know, how society works because it, 
it sort of is a you know this natural um, plant-based um, energy system. So, so we have that. We understand that it grows generally around the equator, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. grow in the northern countries. Correct. Um, maybe one third of all countries in the world grow coffee. Not all of them always export. Right. <clears throat> and and so we we then. You know, we went from that sort of mediocre stuff to the Starbucks world and the Pete's world and all that. Now we have this third wave. It would be worthwhile just telling people a little bit about what's happening, Mm. you know, that's bringing this sort of really, you know, classically sort of boutique kind of coffee to the world and high quality. And what does that really mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing... You know, I think looking to beer um, is a great example of just kind of what has taken the United States and really the the world, especially coffee-wise. I mean, Australia, New Zealand, Asia, Japan. I mean, they all, all of these markets have really gone pretty deep on specialty coffee. And I think the reason for that is because Similarly to when you're used to drinking Bud Lights or Coors Lights and all of a sudden someone gives you an IPA or a Pale Ale, you're like, oh, like, what is this? But if you kind of continue with that, you have like, um, you know, a light beer or, you know, a Pale Ale or an Amber and you start slowly working into it, people start realizing, like, oh, wow, this is actually really good. There's a lot of unique flavors and there's a lot that can be done with beer. And I think coffee is the same way of people were so used to that instant coffee, the Starbucks that um, typically tastes very similarly every time you get it, no matter what kind of coffee it is. And so I think people have kind of realized that there is more to it. And I think a lot of that comes in um, education, one, and two, just a welcoming environment. I think specialty coffee can get a bad rap um, because it's true. Like there is a certain like snobbiness to it, which I hate. Like if you like (laughs) cream and sugar and flavoring in your coffee, like that's awesome because I'm no different. Like uh, I love Dutch bros and it is super (laughs) sugary and creamy, but it's awesome. Like I, I enjoy it. Right. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think a lot of the industry, um, if you can find someone who's willing to just allow you to explore and to taste and to experience what coffee can do, um, I think it's great. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, natural health benefits and things like that of the natural caffeine and stuff. And um, I think there's a lot of misconceptions around the health side of is coffee good for you or bad for you and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I think I think there's a, a couple of important follow-ups from from what you just said. I I, I do want to get into some of the health benefits and, and some of that stuff in a bit, but I for most people, I, I think coffee the first thing they think of is caffeine, and that mm-hmm. is like there's there's kind of two people: people that like coffee, that like the taste, that want to explore it, and the people that just want a conduit to having caffeine in their body, right? And so. Talk to me, talk to us a little bit about um, roast levels, caffeine, and mm. as athletes, like, like how should we think about using coffee and caffeine on the broader scale? Is it okay to drink coffee in a race because of the caffeine and the acidity and things like that? I, I know that's kind of a broad question, but I'd love to hear your take on just caffeine in general and, and the use of coffee for that. Yeah, no, I think that's a great, great question. First part to answer of like roast level and caffeine. Um, there's 
even still just tons of misconceptions about it. For a while, it was dark roast has more caffeine, which is not true. There's such slight minute differences between a dark roast and light roast and caffeine levels. Caffeine is a really stable compound. Um, so even at extreme high temperatures, it's not going to degrade or change that much. Um, so, however, there is a slight variance. Light roasted coffee does have slightly more caffeine, and that's simply just because it's not heated as long or to as high a temperature as a dark roast would be. Um, will you ever notice a difference in your body between a light roasted and dark roasted coffee? No, absolutely not. Um, I always, there's certain like coffee companies that say like, oh, the strongest coffee in the world. And like, I have a hard time with that because it's just really not true. Um, Arabica coffee, um, as opposed to Robusta. So there's two totally different kinds of plants. The Robusta does have more caffeine. Um, typically it's, it's not great coffee, um, which is why you just don't ever hear about it or see it. Um, it's kind of making somewhat of a entry into specialty coffee, but it's got a long way to come. Um, so that's kind of the caffeine side of it. I think within like for runners, especially, especially endurance and long distance running, um, I think starting a race with caffeine, um, there's a lot of good health benefits of, you know, it gets your heart pumping, it gets you know, vasculation, so more oxygen to your muscles and things like that. Um, so there are some benefits, which is why it's in a lot of pre-workouts and things like that. Um, it's a natural caffeine, so you're not getting, you know, a lot of the, you know, I won't, don't want to say junk, but some of the junk that can be, you know, in that. Um, and so I think that to start a race can be good. I think for endurance runners, what can be difficult is, um, if you aren't used to drinking coffee on an empty stomach or if you're halfway through the race and trying to kind of keep yourself going, I would have granted I've never and probably never will do a hundred or 50 mile race, but I can imagine if you're at never. that. Yeah, I know. Shoot. Um, I am that guy that would go down the rabbit hole. So, um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, but I can imagine that having caffeine, because I know for you guys, digestion is such a big deal. And so I can imagine that having coffee at some point throughout the race could be difficult on digestion and things and just your body not totally being able to digest things. It is a diuretic. Um, so it doesn't dehydrate you. Um, coffee is like, 98% water. So it actually is hydrating. But the reason that you feel dehydrated is because it's a diuretic. Um, so those are kind of some health things and concerns or some pointers for runners. But I'd love to hear from you guys. Like, Don, I know you kind of taper off caffeine prior to races and go to decaf. Um, what's your guys' kind of feedback for caffeine and coffee prepping for a race during race and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I'll, I'll start and then chip it to Joe, but I, I do like to taper off and, you know, there's, there's some, some mixed research in the field that if that it's beneficial at all, it's kind of one of those, if you think it works for you, do it, uh, is, is what the research is showing. I do think it works. I feel that if I don't have caffeine for two weeks before, um, cause I, I live caffeinated. I love coffee so much that I wake up and 
you know, I, I brew it a couple of different ways. I experience it, I taste it. And so I'm getting a lot of caffeine. And so if I want that to be effective in the race, especially races over 50 miles, um, I should probably back off on that caffeine so that it actually hits me the way I want it to. So I, 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 I usually taper for two weeks, uh, without caffeine, and then in race, I will go well, really as long as possible. But um, in a hundred mile race, I, I I won't touch caffeine until at least mile fifty, and mm, then me. use it as a tool that it's like, hey, if I like, if I need that mental boost, if I need that little pick me up, I will use caffeine as a tool that now becomes a lot more powerful than it might have mm. it had I not, you know, removed the caffeine. Joe, what about you? Yeah, I think that. Well, there are people who are more sensitive to caffeine than others, and I don't have the science, but I did read a report one day that said that there is a gene that we have, and if you have two of them, you're less sensitive. If you have one of them, you're more sensitive. Mm. I think we know this personally. Yep. Some people couldn't touch coffee after 12, and I can drink an espresso at 10 p.m. and go to sleep. So, you know, uh, so some of us handle it better than others in that regard. Uh, I don't think about it as much as an energy system is just, you know, one of the habits that I enjoy. And it's a, it's a nice, like, to me, the predictability is more important. You know, if I do the same thing each day, yeah. then I know what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's so, a ritual. Yeah. yeah. And so that helps me with racing. So yeah, I'd like to make sure that I have the coffee before gets me in the right frame and I'm ready to go. And I didn't have to do anything. Now I'm not, course competing at the level that don is and so some fine points might make a difference but for most of us i like to think of you know <laughs> for some people like who give up a lot or don't have this or don't have that you know whatever you like as long as it's not hurting anyone else you know or hurting yourself you know at least you should do these things and i think that the fun part we could talk a little bit about this tyler in terms of how you've built your business and hmm. the people who come in and what you've learned and taught them as well as, you know, you can make it not just I'm drinking a cup of coffee, but there's a lot to learn. Well, I can learn where it came from. I can learn how it gets brewed. I can learn about roasting. I can learn about single or whatever, you know, uh, yeah, origin or not. And so uh, I find that the whole experience is fun and then our palates can adjust and we can enjoy it even more. And so it's sort of a fun journey as much and you compared it to wine, you know, you can do the same thing. You can drink the same one or you could have different ones. And I think coffee opened up for all of us this, you know, and, and give <clears throat> credit to the West Coast guys who got coffee sort of more mainstream, you know. And yeah, I'm with you. If you want to drink it with sugar and milk, like, you know, it's so funny in the East Coast at Dunkin' Donuts, if you say you want a regular, like they'll put sugar and milk in it. That's really cute, right? That's a regular. Right. Yeah. And like I I only drink it black. So, you know, it's sort of cute too. And so in that way, um, probably if you're going to have a lot of stuff in it, you don't need the refinement of the coffee. But anyway, why don't you tell us a little bit more about, you know, how you guys think about beans, roasting, brewing, mm -hmm. all these different steps. Yeah. So for us, I think um one of the things and Don's a part of our subscription and there's there's a good chunk of people from really kind of all over the United States, which has been awesome to see of just that have joined our subscription. And so what we've done with that is we've sent out, we send out a coffee and with that coffee, I'll do a 
video and some education around different things because there is like we've talked about before there's just so much in coffee i mean you can go into you know different brewing methods and there's pour overs and fl- you know flat bottom brewers and there's chemexes and aeropresses and that's just on the brewing side and then you can get into home espresso and you can get into the coffee varietals and origins and processing methods and there's there is so much and then you know we have some people that are getting into roasting as a hobby or as like a side hustle in a business and um i think you know there's just so much to cover and so it's been and I love sharing and talking about it and educating people and just having a conversation around it. And so with that, I'll do like an eight minute video and then an in-depth write-up just about a specific topic. So whether that be, you know, agitating your pour overs or, you know, different gear that you should get if you're just starting out. So like having a gooseneck kettle and a scale and some, you know, easy ways to kind of bridge that gap and why those things matter and stuff. So that's been a really fun process just to allow people that are kind of intrigued or either really in depth on, I think there's something that anyone kind of in that spectrum can get out of our subscription. And so it's been a really fun way just to kind of tie in, like, you know, we try to, I mean, I haven't pulled the numbers, but we try to pull in new coffees all the time so that we're not repeating. And so um, there's always something new to experience in the coffee and also something new to learn about. And so um, that's been really good. And, you know, I'm excited. We just launched a podcast uh, today. And so, um, you know, I'm just excited about the education piece and, you know, talking with more people about their experiences with coffee and things like that. And so um, that's kind of for us what it's looked like. So, so my my personal story with, with Storyline and Tyler is, um, so a lot of people during the pandemic got really big into sourdough breads and different hobbies. And, and <laughs> my pandemic thing was coffee. And mm. I started kind of looking into coffee and I thought, man, it'd be really cool to find a local roaster to get some beans from just to support yeah. like a small business. And Tyler, I think you had just launched and rebranded under Storyline yeah. or something like that from SIP. And I was like, wow, cool. So I ordered some beans and then... I was like, hey, you know, let me message this guy. And I just simply asked, hey, how would you recommend brewing this? Like, what would, how would you do it? And he sent me back like a dissertation on like, the coffee. <laughs> and I was right. like, wow, this this is my guy. Like, this is a guy I can learn from. And I I signed up for the subscription like, the first day it was available and have been like learning. And so it's just amazing to have people that like, if you want to, figure something out, find somebody like a Tyler that is willing to teach and learn that is that passionate. And so I've, I've had a cup of storyline coffee and, uh, for, you know, for two years now, almost, uh, starts my day because Tyler took the time to write back and tell me how he would recommend it. And I've since gotten into espresso and more pour overs and, you know, read of all of James Hoffman's stuff. And, but Tyler right. was kind of my introduction to it. So thank you for that. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, Joe, do you have a, uh, something to add there? Or, uh, well, I think that, you know, this is like when we set out to do our podcast, right? We always wanted to find intriguing people doing extraordinary things. And I think that there, that's lots of dimensions in life. And it it just goes to show, right? Whatever we choose, you know, this is up to us. You know, we can make this journey fun and exciting. Don yeah. did it with coffee, you know, you can do it with running, you can do it with reading or yoga. Like just 
I think that the deeper you go, I, I keep believing that, and you know, I just use this word just for fun, but call what we are is a system, right? The system mm -hmm. responds well to stimulus. Like it does better. Like if you push it, it so like says, oh, I got to do something, you know? And like, so that's thinking, that's reading, that's tasting, that's experiencing life. And, and so what's sort of fun about this is that you can go as far as you want. Like you can go just have a cup of coffee or you can go deep and learn more. And I think it's just a great reminder for all of us that that's the, that's the joy of, you know, this agency that we have to get to choose and then find people in the community who have done that. And I don't want to always be a beginner. I can benefit from what Tyler knows. And that's really cool. Do you feel like, you know, but so do you run a storefront, Tyler, as well as a subscription? So we do not have a storefront. What we do is we're a wholesaler. So we provide okay. um, coffee to a bunch of the shops here in Buena Vista and Salida and Poncha and those kind of areas. And so um, that's kind of been what we've decided is just best for us. We've had some different opportunities to do storefronts and things like that, or take over coffee shops. And it's just been one of those things that, you know, from our experience, my wife and I ran a coffee trailer and so like a coffee food truck nice. um, down in Denver for a year. And it was just like so much. It was super stressful. You're in a six foot by four foot box with your wife every morning. And, um, you know, things are breaking because you're moving all the time. And, you know, you're we were roasting and doing our own cold brew and syrups and chai. Like we were just doing it all. And it was it was a lot. And so for us, this kind of, I think the setup that we have now has just been so freeing and liberating. And I think kind of going back to your point of like the systems and, you know, stimulating yourself with something, I think so much of success is not tied to being the best or I think so much and so often we look at someone like, oh man, I'll just like, how are they doing it? Like, I'll never be there, Right. And I think the reality is, is they're there just because they never gave up. Like they just continue doing it over and over and over and over again. And inadvertently you get better at things. And so, and as long as you're passionate about it and enjoy it and find gratification from it, I think there's a huge, um, there's so much to be said of just someone who continues to do it and progresses. And then eventually you're that person that people look at and go, wow, like I'll never be there. And the reality is, is like, so much success is just tied into not giving up and continuing at it. And so, you know, that's kind of been um, our mantra is just keep at it. Like you'll continue to progress. You'll continue to get better. And I think that, you know, with running and looking at everything else in life, the, the same is true. Like if you just consistently get out and run, whether it's freezing cold or super hot or, you know, you've had a busy day, if you just get out, whether, and it doesn't have to be a, you know, 26 mile or every day, but if you're just getting out for a mile or two or just yeah. hitting a treadmill or getting on a bike or doing something to stimulate yourself, I think there's so much that we can glean as humans just from that, that aspect. One more thing, Hello. Don, before you jump in. Yeah. How did you come up with Storyline? Because clearly that's a really cool name. I mean, that's a good one. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I think my wife was really the one she's uh, like, I'm the face and the guy that talks too much. She's the one with the majority of the good <laughs> ideas that come up to be totally honest. Um, so she, 
she's the one that designed our chai. She's, I think she's the one that came up with storyline. And the reason for it is when we had our coffee trailer, we would just ask people the question, like, what's your story? Like, tell me your story. And we really loved connecting with people like our customers, you know, we would ask like, oh, how was your kid's soccer game this weekend? And, you know, what were like, oh, I know you had that big meeting on Friday. Like, how did it go? And like, just connecting deeper with people was always a big deal. And so we were like, we asked people all the time, what's your story? And people would ask us like, how are you guys doing this? Like you're, you're in a trailer, like you're going for it. You're doing it. Cause like we both quit our jobs and just jumped into it full time. And so that's kind of how, so taking that a step further, this is a long winded way to answer your question, but storyline really is connecting with people's stories and connecting them with the story of coffee. So there's so many hands that touch this coffee, you know, there's producers and there's millers and there's processors and then there's importers and then there's roasters and then there's the coffee shop that you get it from. And so, so many hands have gone into this beverage that we drink on, you know, a daily basis that we wanted to share that side of the story and what goes into it as well as connect that with people's story because um, we're just huge on getting to know people on a deeper level and connecting with them. So, so I, I think this is the, the perfect time to transition to your podcast and like you, you've built a business on coffee, but also telling the story of, of coffee. And now um, you're, you're continuing to, to grow that by starting your own podcast. And you were listening off some of the, the Titans of craft coffee <laughs> yeah. before we got on this recording. So tell us a little bit about, your podcast and how, you know, you're going to use that to kind of grow your name, but also just bring more awareness to the craft coffee industry. Yeah, man, it's been awesome. Like, and that's truly, I think, you know, we were also talking about this before we started of just the community that comes around, you know, specialty industries, whether that's or just industries in general, right? Like running has such a good community and fan base and friends that come out of that space. And I think the same is with coffee. And so, yeah, we decided to start a podcast. Um, it's called the Specialty Coffee Podcast. And um, I reached out to some people um, and they were like, yeah, like, I'd love to come on. I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, kind of surprised that both people were like, yeah, we'd love to do that. And so I was like, well, like, what if I reached out to like Sweet Bloom, which is probably the best and biggest name coffee roaster in Colorado. And and, uh, Eric came back. He's like, oh yeah, I'd love to come on. I was like, oh, cool. Like, that's crazy. And so I was like, what if I just went to like the biggest, one of the biggest specialty coffee roasters, like Onyx Coffee Labs. So I reached out to Andrea, who was the founder and she was like, oh yeah, I'd love to come on. Like, um, you know, shoot Mercedes, my, you know, assistant, you know, email and yeah, we'll like, we'll schedule it. And I was like, what? So, which is just so cool. And it's a testament to just the community that is specialty coffee and just their willingness to share and to help and to, um, to be there. And so, yeah, we've got some, some huge names that are coming on the show and, you know, I'm just excited to learn from them and hopefully be able to share the, the more intimate side of their story. I think with these big brands and names, you know, we don't often get to see like the founding story and like what their true passion was behind starting this company and what like the why behind the what for a lot of people. And so 
yeah, I'm just excited to get that and like their expertise and how they're able to scale and, you know, continue with quality at scale and all those kind of things. So. Yeah, you raise a good point there, which is, you know, that good high quality does sometimes suffer from scale, uh, you know, or it just becomes less different, you know, so you right. always can go into Starbucks and get a Pike Place roast and it's pretty similar, you know, it's probably totally. got a combination of both, you know, it's like a blended wine, you know, you put enough different things together and you can sort of average it out to good. Mm-hmm. So you don't really mind. And what is the conversation in the industry about, you know, moving to scale? Does it, you know, allow for that? Or are we always just going to have just small roasters as a result where you want to get good stuff? Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. I think it is, it's difficult to scale, um, and I think, you know, you've kind of hit the nail on the head with you can do scale can look different in different ways, right? So you can, for coffee, you can have four or five really amazing coffees at large scale and those will be amazing. But I don't know that it's really feasible to have 10 different coffees that are all amazing in, which is why I'm so interested to talk to Onyx because I do feel like they're probably one of the best specialty coffee roasters that has done it so well at scale. Um, Their coffee is always, you know, top tier in their, you know, everywhere. I mean, they, they've done a good job of it. And so I'm fascinated to hear from her as how you've scaled, what systems you put in place to get there. Um, But it is, I think it's a huge one. The market is saturated to, you know, there's something to be said of the connection with the local, right? Like going back to Don of like, you know, there, I do love supporting local businesses because they're, you know, they're members of your community that are, you know, going out and trying to start something and support their families with that. And so, you know, there's always different opinions and, and things, and I think it's all good and it's all necessary. Like, um, but it is difficult. I don't think there's quite the pushback that like, craft beer um, experiences with scale um, because there's like, you know, this big push to like have independent breweries and, you know, that kind of thing. I think there's a lot of pushback that breweries get when they quote unquote like sell out and get bought out and stuff. So I don't really see that same process or same thing with coffee to the degree that you do in beer, but there definitely is the, you know, like staying local, staying true to origin and all those kind of things. So Nice. All right. Well, um, I want to ask you some quick hit questions on coffee. And uh, I'm just going to run through a couple here for you. All right. Current favorite bean that you are drinking? Mm, Definitely our Uganda natural. It's tropical, juicy, sweet, super good. All right. Favorite coffee that's not storyline? Mm. favorite coffee that's not storyline is man and i can't think of what it was but i got a bag of sweet bloom not too long ago and it was incredible so huge fan of sweet bloom i think it was a columbia but don't quote me on that but it was incredible all right chicory coffee yes or no Mm, for me no all right 
Um, and then what is your current favorite way to brew a cup of coffee? Oh, current favorite. Great question. Oh man, that is a tough one. I, <laughs> I think probably for me, the current favorite, I've been getting back into Chemexes, um, because of the clarity that it provides. Um, so I think I, I go through like phases. Um, so I'll go through like doing a bunch of aero presses and I'll do a bunch of Chemexes and I'll do a bunch of V60s. And I got into flat bottom brewers for a while, like the, um, the origami dripper and things like that. And so it just kind of depends. Um, but currently it's been getting back into Chemexes due to their clarity that it provides on, um, getting better tasting notes and stuff. So how long did it take to be able to describe coffee as berry, chocolate, papaya? <laughs> Great I question. Those. I have a, uh, I have a fig pomegranate and juicy, uh, tasting notes yeah, storyline on my desk right now. There you go. Yeah, it's a. Um, I actually do love educating on like how to taste because it. I think the biggest. I love building like I love good food, wine, beer, coffee, um, and I think building a palate is a lot. A lot ties into foods, and so if you can, you know, taste a blueberry and actually like slow down and think about like what am I actually tasting? Um, I just had a we just recorded an episode, um, from Miguel and he's a curator, which we won't go down that rabbit hole. But he said like the difference between a strawberry is like a unripe, ripe and overripe strawberry is super different. So if you have an unripe strawberry, it's like really acidic and kind of sour. You have a ripe strawberry, it's berry, has a little bit of you know, tartness to it, but it's also sweet. And an overripe is just kind of like mushy and not that great. So, you know, and it's kind of just like flat. And so understanding like, you know, we all, when we think about it is true, but when you think of a strawberry, you don't think of all the differences in a strawberry. And so anyways, if you want to be able to identify tasting notes in coffee, the best way to do it is just to bite into an apple, think about what you're actually tasting. Why is your mouth juicing and all that kind of stuff. So mm, that's good advice. We'll have to yeah. um, do a, uh, an episode or we'll just point people to your episode on, uh, on tasting. Uh, do you, what do you think about cold brew versus, mm. um, you know, regular hot coffee? I, I, do really love cold brew. Um, I'm a huge fan of it. For one, um, it doesn't have the, for, for one, I love cold coffee. So um, I do really enjoy cold coffee. For two, it doesn't have the acidity because of the grind size and the duration of the, there's a couple of things, grind size, temperature, and duration. So you have a coarse ground coffee, cold brewed for a long period of time, which does not extract the acidity that you would experience in finely ground hot coffee. So, um, cold brew is really great because of that aspect. It doesn't have the acidity. Um, it does have higher caffeine due to the longer duration. I have a funny story. We were on a road trip and we were getting really into cold brew. We left, uh, something in the fridge for, I think three days. And it was like, 
I've never done cocaine, but I imagine it's got to be close. <laughs> um, it was like, it was terrifying. It was just wow. like, so yeah. it was so caffeinated. Um, but anyways, I do really yeah. love cold brews. I think it's a great, it's super easy. I mean, you just coarse grind coffee, you can throw it in a French press or really just in a jug and then strain it and you're good to go. And it tastes awesome. Super easy to use. If you like end up not using coffee, it's a great way to like still utilize it because it's not going to have as big of an impact on taste. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's great. That's awesome. Well, we always end this show wrapping up, asking people what they're chasing tomorrow is what, mm -hmm. what's next on your horizon. Obviously you just launched a podcast literally today, right? Um, yeah, today's the day. What, what is next for you? What is next mm -hmm. for storyline and, and, uh, what's your chasing tomorrow? Yeah, um, such a good question. I think for us here at Storyline, the three huge facets that we are focusing on is podcast, which we just launched. Super excited about that. I really want to do that really well, have good quality audio, video, and get that out there. Two is our wholesale. So getting into more shops, cafes, roasteries, businesses, you know, hotels and things like that. And then thirdly, our subscription, getting really good education, um, getting our coffee into more hands of people and stuff. So those are the three things that we're really drilling down on and focusing. Um, we just hired a production roaster, Catherine. She's doing an amazing job. And so that's helping kind of free up a lot of our time to better focus on quality and just making sure that all things are kind of in the line that they need to be. So that's what we're after. And yeah, we're super excited. You know, we're just honored to be able to come on the podcast and share with you guys. And it was a, it was an amazing conversation. So I appreciate both of you guys' time. Yeah. And, you know, we'll put it in the show notes, but for anyone listening, Storyline Roasters on Instagram, storylineroasters.com on the web, um, you know, let's uh, chase down Tyler and, and show him some support. You know, the the small business uh, world we love and uh, we want to make sure that more people are drinking your coffee and can reach out to you. Um, I'm sure DM through your Instagram and find out yeah, what I love you need it. to know. Yeah, so, I, I uh, sorry, Joe, I didn't no, mean to on. cut you off there. But yeah, I do like I what Don does. Um, you may get a dissertation in response, but I do truly <laughs> love like um, people reaching out. Like I love sharing and um, nothing's a secret. I mean, I've shared business plans and roast profiles and, you know, I just want to be a resource to people. And so if anyone's curious about starting a coffee roasting company or just getting into specialty coffee, I'd love to talk with you, share with you anything that I can. So yeah, reach out to us on Instagram, Sterling Coffee Roasters podcasts available on pretty much everywhere but spotify and apple for sure and uh, we'll end with uh, drink more coffee cheers <laughs> cheers guys thanks <laughs> <laughs>